SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. So wrap up the Australian Open won by Savalenka and uh, Novak Djokovic and we are joined on the line by Coach Jeff Kutsia who's come back from Melbourne. Coach, good evening. Thanks for taking our call here on SAFM. Yeah, good evening, Mister. How are you guys? Thanks fine. for having me. Fine, thank you, Coach. How did how did you how did your team do at the Australian Open? Uh, we lost third round after having match points, and uh, the guys we lost to were the Australian guys that and except they actually won uh, won the tournament. So yeah, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, we played so well and got to match point, but. You know, I told him, you know, you can't just get to match point. You need to win the match. <laughs> you lost to Kubla and Hijikata. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Oh, wow. So hard, hard, hard one there for us to swallow. We were up a 6-1 and then we had chances to go up double break and then 4-3 game points to go up 5-3 and then obviously to serve for the match. But unfortunately, we, we lost that one, close one. But uh, it, it is what it is. You know, we move on, we learn, back to the drawing board. Yeah, tough one. At least you can say you lost to the eventual champions, coach. Yes, yes. But yes. Um, we'd spoken to Bruce Davidson before the tournament. He called Novak Djokovic to win it. Was it also an obvious an obvious pick for you? I think so. I think, uh, you know, the first reaction, uh, obviously, uh, what happened to Novak 12 months ago, he decided to play Adelaide, and my team actually got to play him in the first round of the double, so that was his first match. And honestly, to be part of that uh, sort of atmosphere, the warm welcome he got from obviously a lot of the uh, Serbian crowds, but also uh, from Australians or from all over the world was just absolutely astonishing. And then he kind of embraced that. He ended up winning the tournament in singles and then uh, went on to win Australian Open. And I just think once he got that sort of welcome, everything he settled in and, uh, you know, he's uh, he's really remarkable and uh, he loves Australia. He loves the, the, the court surface and just everything about Australia, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and why is he so far ahead of everyone else at the moment? And what would you say keeps him going? I think a lot of uh, what I personally think it's the motivation factor because obviously you had Roger Federer has just retired. His motivation might have been different. Uh, he's maybe not chasing records. He's doing it passionately, loves the game. Uh, Nadal, same thing, you know, different. Novik, I think, on the other hand, he wants to break records. He wants to be the show everybody, but I am the best. You know, in this regard, I can be the best because ultimately when you ask who is the greatest of all time, there's a lot of theory that goes into that. Is it because you, you won the the most Grand Slams or do we count an overall package? So, uh, you know, and, and, and just the way I guess he over the years, he, he's almost like the second, maybe the third guy out of the three. But he then, you know, uh, wants to show everybody else that he's the best. And I think he's going to go on and win a few more Grand Slams. And he's only a year, you know, they're only a year apart, him and Rafa. But the way he's been looking after his body, uh, the nutrition side, the fitness side of it a few years ago made some huge changes to that. And yeah, obviously it's paid off. It's all about longevity. Yeah, and even though he was comfortably ahead in that final, he kept having a go at his coach, Goran Ivanisovic. What did you make of that interaction? And what are you supposed to do as a coach in that situation? It is a tough one because we all wanted the coach to to, to the coaching be allowed. Now that it's allowed, it's obviously new. You can only do so much and keep your player happy. Uh, maybe, you know, I, I think what some of the times he was like leaning to the wide serve on the due side and then such a pass was serving tea, so he was getting frustrated like that because he's ultimately the best returner. So I don't even know why would he still ask that, but I think he just wanted some confirmation from the box. 
you know, and, 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 and if you look how he played the first set, comfortable, and then suddenly Fitzgerald had some chances there. Uh, if I recall, he had one uh, set point, uh, mm-hmm. but just not aggressive enough on those particular points. And then also, you know, Djokovic in the breaker sort of let him in uh, in the second set 4-1. You saw a little bit of nerves there creeping in, but uh, Tsitsipas just went through a stage where he just could not find uh, the form on his forehand. So that cost him a little bit in the tiebreak. Okay, and just looking at the women's final coach, a lot of people before the final said it wasn't an attractive final, judging by the names of those who made it, even though it was a Wimbledon champion and a fifth seed. But how good was that match? No, it was unbelievable. And honestly, uh, all, all credit to, to Sabalenka. You know, she's, she hasn't been in the final of a, of a Grand Slam in singles. She's won two doubles. She's been in four semis of, the, uh, of singles. And then, yeah, she just made some changes as well. She knows she got a sports psychologist that really worked for her. Uh, sort of decided to go on her own a few weeks just prior to Melbourne and figure things out because ne- we all knew that she's going to be great. She would win a slam. She just have this little hitch here and there with a the serve and then just kind of gets to her head. But over the last uh, course of, I would say, six months, it really, you know, I, I, I managed to watch a little bit of her. And whenever she's on, serving-wise, the rest of the game just kind of falls into place. And rightfully so, she deserves every last bit of that title. Okay, that's interesting. You're saying she went to see a, a psychologist. So was it a mental thing? Because she's been in three Grand Slam semifinals and she's never been able to get over, over the line or, yes, or get into I mean, the final. Exactly. And those are the, the, the edges we're talking about. Whatever you need to do for your game, she decided to bring somebody in and then decided to kind of leave that person kind of want to see tried on her own. Uh, and then she did that. And I think it was just uh, over the last year or so, which has obviously helped her a lot. And I think, you know, when, whenever you're that good and you struggle and you say to yourself, geez, but I'm not winning the Grand Slam, what can I do? So that was in her case. She just wanted to uh, get somebody to just do, obviously handle certain situations in, 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 um, when she's in a match. But uh, in, in, in those uh, moments where, because you all know she, she has the game for it, but it's just not in those particular moments. It just sort of unfolds. Okay, wonderful. Coach, thanks for the insight. Thanks for speaking to us and all the best for the next one. Okay, thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Coach, former Director of Tennessee in South Africa, Coach Jeff Kutia, just helping us look back at the Australian Open. And also, it was quite good, I guess, to see a few Americans in the latter stages of the men's draw. Eh? Ben Shilton, Tem- Tommy Paul, uh, Michael Moore, actually, whose father was a Nigerian tennis star. Um, he had a big upset there. I think it beats Zverev, if I remember correctly. And it's good to see some Americans because they've been missing eh, since the days of Andy Roddick. Okay, let's find out if Bruce Davidson called. He called Djokovic. We're going to put that out the way. Let's find out if he called Sabalenka in the women's singles when we spoke to him before the tournament. Bruce, in the ladies' draw, there's no more Ash Barty, which under normal circumstances would make the draw wide open, but Iga Schweintek has dominated since Barty left the scene, and I would think she's the overwhelming favourite here and will be very hard to beat. Iga Schweintek, the top seed. There's German uh, Julian Niemeyer in the first round, and guess who she could meet in the quarterfinals? is Coco Goff, and oh. Coco Goff is my favourite to win in Australia. She won in Open. Auckland, eh? Yeah, she won, and she won in five styles. She only lost four games in two matches. But we've got to remember that it's not easy. Grand Slams, every match is difficult. Arena Sabalenka, she's another one of my favorites. Yeah, she one won of Grand in Adelaide. Slams. Yeah, Adelaide. And, you know, it was world number two for so many years. I think she's due for a Grand Slam, and uh, it could be. The evening member in street sets, in street sets, in street sets.
what a tournament it was man by the goat i'm so impressed what a fighter please pull up my clip there about the prediction i told you i told you Okay, we're out of time. Call the French Open when it comes back or Wimbledon. But Bruce did, but well done to you also. But Bruce also called Sabalenka, even though his favorite was Coco Golf. But he said, watch out for Sabalenka. So there you have it, folks, trying to make you rich on the show. And if you didn't put money on Djokovic and Sabalenka, like our analyst told us, then sorry for you. We're going to have to leave it here, though. Sorry for us. It's time for news.